You've just invested in yourself by tuning into the Inner You podcast, recording from our studio here in Cornwall, New York, with your hosts, Lynette and Hoy. If you're someone who is seeking creative inspiration from everyday people around you, in a few moments, we'll tap into the minds of artists of all types. From your local wedding photographer, to mural painters, to your aunt who likes to crochet. Have you ever wondered what led a creator to work in that specific field? Let's Let's find find out. out. So sit down, relax, or don't, just just enjoy. enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to the interview podcast. As always, Joel Valenzuela as your host. Before we get started, we want to just say thank you to all our friends and family who listen to the show. We really do appreciate it, right, baby? Yeah, we have a couple of five-star reviews, and we're so appreciative for that. Just for even taking the time to do that, it helps us and helps others to find our podcast. And if you notice, there's even a little questionnaire on each episode, and some people have answered those questions. So just thanks for the support. Yeah, we really we really love that because we can hear some feedback. We want to get better. We want this to be more enjoyable to our listeners. And if it's not something I'm not going to listen to, then I, I I wanted to make make something that you want to enjoy and listen to. But we want to just say thank you to that. So, but today we have a special guest. This guest, and it feels like most people we invite, we, we miss them and we miss them. But Austin has the record for a fact, a record that we've broken today. Because we've we've organized this episode like at least five times, four yeah. maybe. Yeah. But um, it's okay. Like the you know the world was trying to not have this happen, but it's happening tonight, and we're excited for it. Austin, how are you doing today? I'm doing so good. It almost didn't happen today. Yeah, literally. Yeah. What happened? I want you got to share this. What happened? What happened to your truck? Um, two days ago, I was on my way to the job site early in the morning, seven something, and my truck just blew out like eight quarts of oil on the highway so oh i just pulled over called my buddy he told me to the closest parking ride and wow it sat there until the end of the work day and then i worked on it oh man after and work and then today as you can back. S- as you can see like it almost didn't happen but you worked your it almost didn't happen you worked hard and you fixed your car yeah. and we see the truck in the window we see it there yeah. It's it's out, it's, there. Out there. it's out there it's out there so it's happening <laughs> yeah. so what is what is austin passionate about well if you know austin powell you know that's uh, a big attribute of him that I feel like defines you to a certain extent. I look at you and I think of you with the chainsaw. So yeah. he's an arborist. We yeah. we talked to Waylon, who he was a logger, but we're gonna see the distinction today. We're gonna learn more about what entails to be an arborist. So can you please explain a little bit, like how'd you get into this line of work? Why do you enjoy it so much? Yeah, so I got into it kind of randomly because I was working doing marketing work actually, like photo video stuff for a solar company close by and then we went through a class and came back and they're like yeah we don't have work for you anymore (laughs) so me and my brother we both were just like all right let's find some work and i just heard of a of a of a guy that just always needed some extra workers so i just texted him and he was like yeah you can start tomorrow well but i just i just didn't know what he did uh, but he did true work so he put me on log splitting. So I thought he did log splitting. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that for six months. I don't know how yeah. I lasted through that, to be honest with you. Is it hard? Or? It just It's just not great. <laughs> it's great for some people, okay. I think. But you're like always by yourself. Oh. Like, oh. Not you're great like, for an extrovert. Yeah, you're just okay. in a yard, just listening to music like 24-7. And then yeah. just, just you and your thoughts, man. <laughs> it's too your much self-destructive time. thoughts. Yeah. It's, it's too much time yeah, on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did you learn through those six months? Like, is that was that used as a training field for you, or how, yeah. how did his brother use it? Well, it was it was interesting because I was coming from a desk job, so honestly, physically, like I was I was a scrawny little dude, and you know, at at the time, I probably shouldn't say this, but I was fifteen. Oh so, my god! So <laughs> it was uh, illegal. Yeah, I was. He was basically like trying to keep me safe, but also um like bulk me up for for when i turned 16 then i could join him honestly i don't even know if i could have joined them at 16 maybe i wasn't 16 it was something around there i was like (laughs) you're right there yeah i was right there but honestly really really like interesting six months and then randomly he just he just came up to me i was like starting the log splitter up and he was like hey uh come and join us on this job and i was like this is it you're like this is not my job this is not yeah. what I was supposed to be doing. Well, it's funny because he would always leave with his crew like in the morning. So I'd always see him. And mm. I was like, man, it'd be so sweet to go with them. You know, because like people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I didn't even know anything. Like I didn't even know if it would be like fun or like 
great or anything but yeah yeah, one day he was just like all right come along and it was like the nastiest job (laughs) like like top five nastiest jobs i remember ever doing in my history of tree work so yeah define that for yeah you don't think of a tree as nasty yeah like i think of a yeah well yeah it was just we were dragging brush which like the heart almost the hardest part of tree work is like just dragging brush Mm. Mm -hmm. and so it was all dragging brush all day long like big pieces of brush and for some reason, the only way that we could point the chipper was straight at us. <laughs> so, like, as we were pulling the brush up, the, like, up a hill, too, we were getting pelted with chips oh from the chipper. Gosh. So we just had to have our head down. And just we straight were just at your skull. Pelted, <laughs> I wish you know, like, a- shoulders getting shot, like... You were just, no. yeah, it was nasty. Like it was, wow. I almost threw up. Like that's the closest I ever came to throwing up on a job site. Oh just a sheer exhaustion. Yeah. Just, it was super, super hot. I don't do super great in the heat, like as it is, but that, that day, like on top of it, like the, even the six months of, of log splitting did not prepare me for that day. Wow. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then the next day I went on the job site. I was like, oh, it's chill. <laughs> like, it's not always that. And then, yeah, terrifying. like seven something years later, I'm like, yeah, I still haven't experienced anything like that. Really? Wow. Yeah, your first day was, was just your, your yeah. baptism in fire. Which I guess checks out because he was like, yo, this kid that I've had log splitting for however <laughs> long, we need as many people as he can get. So bring him along. Yeah, it was fun though. I love it. Like from, from like that day forward, I was like, this is just cool. I think it was like a moment of just like, this is cool. Yeah. Okay. And so I just kept doing it. Yeah. And can you like for again the ignorant people yeah, yeah. like myself? And yeah, I'm sorry. I keep uh, like, jumping in there. No, 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 no. The explain a little bit with you know what defines an arborist like compared to a logger. Like what's sure what is yeah. what entails in your line of work? Yeah, so um we're the type of work that I do is more specific to like residential work. I mean, it can be commercial too, but it's what I do is mostly residential. If somebody has like a tree that they want taken care of, either it's dead or it's dying, they want it trimmed, they want it completely removed, they want trees planted, anything tree wise, like okay. even even like sort of land clearing too, like just getting rid of just dealing with trees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big organisms to deal with. So, <laughs> yeah. so make a job out of it. Yeah. And yeah. Have you also got into the side? Because I know, or maybe it doesn't um, fall into your tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your realm. Yeah. But I've also heard like, what's a tree doctor? Is that an arborist yeah, or is that something so, else? So I, I got to preface it already. I'm technically not an arborist. Oh, okay. I'm like a tree worker. Okay. Basically, an arborist is like a certified, like you go to school, you learn about soil types. It's more specifically about like the health of the tree and like helping the health of the tree. Okay. So it involves a lot more about like you'll have injections that you can give to a tree, like injections for the soil around a tree too. Cause like certain, like if, imagine like Balmville is a good example of it. Like there's, there's tree services that just work in Balmville. And for those who don't know what Balmville is, it's like a, there's huge massive trees around like really expensive estates. And so a lot of the work there is done by arborists to go in check the pH ba- balance of the of the soil or like just generally the health. Like what the soil is like and then check the health of the tree get it trimmed if it needs to like give it injections of different chemicals if it needs to as well wow um so that sort of stuff okay. and you need to be certified to not only inject but also to just be a an arborist now is that mm-hmm. something that you you'd strive to do what like is that something you you yeah. want to learn to do yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm working towards mm. um cuz i my company I named Tree like Alps Tree Care because like like every everybody can like drop a tree basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but arborists like I like the aspect of that because it's more I don't know it's more of like, like a like a niche you know you're just yeah. more like just taking care of trees you know mm-hmm. it's there's more love Healing I guess yeah there's yeah there's only so much you can like brunt force your your way through life like I don't imagine myself like doing removals every every week um, mm-hmm. like removal of trees every week because that's like that's like really like tough. On you unless you have like a machine or something like that. Yeah. But like tree care, it's like just go to a job site, look at a beautiful tree and like make it nicer. I don't know. It just sounds like a great. Yeah. It sounds very soothing. Yeah. Super relaxing. relaxing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what is the uh, focal point of your passion then? Is is it the tree care? Is it like you enjoy the whole process of dropping trees and working with? is Is it currently what you're doing or is it something you're trying to get to? I think it's the journey of it because right now, like, you know, being young and um, 
like being able to climb as much as I am and, and do as much work as I am, you know, like I enjoy like the grunt work aspect of it. And I think that's what I started to enjoy about tree work in the beginning was just like how much like grunt work is in it. Cause it just like feels good to like go and like almost like what Waylon was talking about. Um, it's just a good day of work, you know, and, and it just, uh, also side note, I'm just going to put this in there. If you haven't listened to Waylon's podcast, go listen to it because I'm probably going to allude to it quite a few times. <laughs> there you go. Um, listen to it. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's just a good hard day of work, but I think through doing it more so it's, it's kind of become like, wow, that's a beautiful tree, you know, it's like, and making it part of, you know, it's landscaping, it's around the house, you can, mm-hmm. there are some incredible houses, like beautiful looking houses, specifically because there's like a tree in the right place. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I think like, there's, there's not really that many other things that it's like a time, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like a rarity, because, you know, if you take down a tree that's like 200 years old, you're not going to get that same look for mm. another 200 years and even if you do plant a tree and it comes up in 200 years it might it's not going to look exactly the same so oh, it's wow. kind of cool it's a it's a beauty aspect of it i think and is, is this what led to you loving even more is this what like inspired you to keep going because again you're describing it being very hard work strenuous yeah. work and those six months and you had your like baptism of fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, what led it to become like a passion? Like what was that moment of like Eureka? Like I want to do this more. I love it. I enjoy it. Yeah. It was definitely the grunt work aspect in the beginning. And then it turned into, um, I just want to keep doing this for work because I, I enjoyed like, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of nice to have a job. Like for me, If I was doing like concrete driveways, and I'm sure for the people out there that do concrete driveways, you would look at a concrete driveway and just be like, oh, that's a good looking concrete driveway. (laughs) But, you know, like tree work, it's like everywhere. And so it's like you're constantly inspired by it. I think I think an aspect of it is like I, I just got pulled in really fast, like not only doing the grunt work aspect of it, but, you know, when you do tree work, you're just like, whoa, that's a pretty tree. Or like, man, that tree really needs to come down. It's like constantly in your mind. Oh. So I think that's that's that kind of pushed it forward because it's always around you. Yeah. You know? is, is that something you you do a lot then? That you're always consistently not in a ne- this will sound negative like judging trees, but you're yeah. you're constantly looking at it, thinking like, oh, it would look better this way, or oh yeah, it would be better that way. Yeah. No, totally. I think. Um, it's really exciting when you go on like a like a trim estimate, like when somebody calls you in to be like, oh, I need this tree trimmed. Um, it's like, oh, this could look like this by the end of it. And then like the more the more you do that with like every single tree, the, I feel like the better you get at your job. So it's like, you know, it's kind of, you know, sometimes I'll just be driving and be like, that is such a cool tree. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, just crashes. Yeah. I think just the natural aspect of it too, because like s- trees just grow in a certain way. And so mm-hmm. like when you see a tree that's like, whoa, that's really cool. It's like, it's natural, especially when it's like naturally growing that way. It's mm-hmm. it's like just cool. I don't know. Yeah. Man, that's so cool. So can you give like a, like a little piece of like advice for the normal viewer of these massive uh, organisms, so to speak? Like, is there something you view trees differently than maybe the average Joe, Joel? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think the more you get into understanding the different types of trees, the cooler it gets. Okay. Because I think, like, this area is very predominant, like, hardwoods, right? But then you go to the West Coast and it's very predominant, like, softwoods, like pine, um douglas fir cedar like a bunch of that it's like all they have basically okay but then you come over here and it's like maple oak we have like we have like um white pine but it's like the cruddiest of the the (laughs) pine world (laughs) Uh, so it's like you know just the different as different trees that are in different areas like the different regions like if you go to pennsylvania they'll have like 220 foot tall like tulip trees Really? Wow. And that's like technically a hardwood, but it's related to a, a tree that we have here called a cottonwood. So it's like, you know, like, I don't I don't really know how to explain it. It's almost like once you start getting into the, oh, that tree is here and like the reason why it's there. I don't it, know, I guess. It's almost you get like addicted to it. You want to yeah. learn more. You want, yeah. there's like, you just realize 
Like the more you know, the less you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the story that comes behind it too. Because like, because like East Coast was logged like fully logged like a hundred years ago. Really? And so they planted hardwoods like maple and oak. This is another another thing. I'm going to say it and I'm not going to be able to back it up. But from my knowledge, um, like most of the hardwoods that are in our area aren't native to the East Coast of America. Huh. Um, they were planted after after settlers came and basically had to clear cut every tree that they saw because they needed to they needed to build buildings and right. needed to build different things boats and everything else. Um, like the uh, the area that we live in, there's a big old plaque that it, it used to be called like the. It was a super ominous name. It was like the dead forest or something, oh, or like the dark forest. It was it was just something. Um, it used to have such big trees that it was super, super dark, like through the forest. Oh. And so they, and it was like a scary forest. Yeah. And they were huge hemlocks, which like you still see these days, but they're like smaller. What's a hemlock? It's like a, it's a type of pine. Oh, okay. So it just has like a different type of needle, but it, it needs like very specific, um, growing circumstances. Okay. And so the hardwoods have kind of taken over. So the hemlocks, like they're kind of, they can't they, grow. Yeah, easily. they just they just can't grow like super super big. Mm. If you see one that's big, it's probably super old. Oh. Um, so you think that increases the value of a property if it has like that specific tree, or do you think that doesn't affect the market at all? Yeah, no, it definitely does. I mean, there's some there's some trees. I mean, you can't touch them. Like like Balmville, a lot of trees are protected. I'm gonna keep bringing up Balmville because it's close by, but <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the trees are protected. Like you can't take out like a certain amount of trees a year just because it's. Yeah, it, it not only adds property to like a, a, adds value to a property, but it also adds value to like a community. No, that mm-hmm. makes it makes a lot so, of sense. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Can you speak about a moment where you're just completely in awe of a of a tree? May you're working. You're you know, I don't know, on top of a tree. Like, can you speak of that moment and describe it for us? Maybe we can join you in that moment. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to think about this. One, no, think about it. Think about it. Um, oh, you know, actually, so this is unfortunately not on this coast. There's, there's definitely trees that you'll see in this area that you're just like, wow. Like there was an oak that we actually trimmed Monday the day my truck blew up <laughs> and uh <laughs> tuesday something whatever one anyway. of those days one of the days. yeah one of those days, <laughs> of the days. and uh, we trimmed an oak that was absolutely like beautiful and like after we were done with it it looked like a mini like a huge bonsai tree like oh. it just oh, was wow. growing that way like it just had like a nice sweeping look to it and underneath it was like a beautiful magnolia tree and so it was it was like it was like just underneath a, it. Yeah, it, growing underneath it was like this huge magnolia tree. Which, if you know wow. magnolia trees, like they flower with purple and white at like the springtime. Okay. So I can only imagine like what that that oh, yeah. scene, those two trees look like when they're budding in the springtime. Like it must be the prettiest thing ever. And now, like you have now, we were able to trim it so that it looks like a huge bonsai tree. So that's that's one aspect. But like West Coast wise. If you go over to like the Redwoods or like Sequoia National Park, like those trees are just insane, like another level. Mm-hmm. Like I, we did a road trip out to California um, a couple years back and I fell asleep before we got to Redwood National Park yeah, yeah. and I woke up and I was like, like, where are we? Because it looked like we were surrounded by walls and we were like driving, but it was just trees. Like it was just, it was just trees so big that they looked like walls when I like first woke up. Man. Just insane. Have you been, have you been there? I haven't. No, I've always wanted to though. Oh man. That's that, that to our bucket list to go look. Good place to go. And it's like right by the water too. It's so pretty. Did you feel like tiny? Like how small did you feel? Yeah. Yeah. You, you go there and you know, the, the crazy thing about redwoods too, um, and I forget, there's only like two regions in the world that grow redwoods. There's like a Japanese redwood, if I remember correctly. And then there's the West Coast redwoods. And they actually grow really, really fast. Really? People, people don't realize, um, like, there's a couple of plots that are still logged. Like, they're super protected, but there's a couple plots that are still logged. 
and like they'll cut them down and go back 60 years later and they'll have like five foot wide trees. 60? Like, years? yeah, like 60 years later, that's yeah. all it takes for them yeah, to get like that, long that big. Like, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. as wide as super, me. Super like cool. if I lay out basically. Yeah. Wow. That's super wide. Yeah. And so if you go to Redwood National Park, you'll see huge, huge, huge stumps from like what loggers dropped like past. a really long time ago. And there'll be like four trees growing out of it. Oh my god! Because that's like how they grow. Like if you cut one down, like four others grow up. It's like the, it's like that. I forget what I, snake that is in oh, the, Greek mythology the Greek or whatever. The hydra. Yeah, the yeah. hydra that you cut off one head, like eight <laughs> others come up. That's a redwood. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I didn't know any tree could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So when when a tree is cut like that, mm-hmm. does that mean so they they're not dead? In theory, because no, yeah. the roots are still in the ground, they're, they're still alive. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, um, it's more specifically redwoods. Oh, okay. So other trees, yeah, they do. Yeah, they actually call them red weeds. The guys, red the weeds. guys that log <laughs> redwoods, call them red weeds because they just like they grow like so easily and so fast. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like a super super common thing, but they just grow so well that they do that. Oh, Willow does that. Locust does that. Other hardwoods on this side that do it too, but. It's, so that cool. so that, so, you, so again I can I can picture it though feeling like a, like a little ant yeah. like a little ant yeah, I'm so sorry these. that diverted so hard <laughs> why no 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 what you talking no, about yeah. your yeah, no yeah. I think you you answered the question really well you did yeah that's sweet I can I can see thank myself you, being you. just completely humbled because I mean yeah I mean just looking up in the stars you you feel really small but when you can compare something you can touch like yeah. a massive tree. I can see how you feel like a little ant. Yeah. You're like, wow, like I'm so tiny. Yeah. And it, I, I can see that love and that passion to just keep growing. Yeah. To learn more. It's almost like you get in like a dreamlike state over in the redwoods. Cause it's like it's something it's something that looks fake. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so crazy. So I think especially when you like trees, you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How has like this passion of yours of like loving trees, your tree work? How has that influenced like your personality, your way of living? How has that like trickled into your lifestyle? Uh, uh, man, I don't or know. Or has it? Or has it? No, yeah. it definitely has. Cause I, so I, I rock climbed before I tree climbed. Um, and funny enough, that actually really influences your climbing style. Like when you tree climb. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, it's kind of just. I don't know. It's made me appreciate like outside a lot more and it's made me appreciate like what's close by to you a lot more. Cause like even, even at our, at our place, there's like, there's like cedars that don't really grow in this area very well. Mm-hmm. And they're like huge for like what cedars in this area usually are. Cause you know, like they're usually not that crazy big, like eight inches around or something like that. But these are like 16 inches around. Oh, and, yeah. and like, even though like it's not really that crazy, it's it, you know, you just look out and you're like, well, that's rare. Yeah. Because you, know? so you know the difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it it just kind of it also kind of scares you, too, because there's a there's a huge maple outside of our house, which is just like like maples are just known for breaking out and they're just a brittle wood. Oh, and so like oh every gosh. single store and it's it's like a co-dominant, which means that it's like a main tree that splits off into two that's what a codominant is called and so it's like two huge branches that just like shoot off and they like shoot off in two super far different (laughs) directions and so like every single storm i'm just like oh my god please don't drop on the house oh no like water like spills out from like where the seam is too it's just like it's just like nasty that's scary. It's like kind of a nasty tree, but it's like it would be so sad to get rid of it because it's such a staple of the place. Yeah, and, and that's something that you not, like you notice. It's like it's like I mean any any field that you you really love and you enjoy, like you mentioned, like if you do concrete, you yeah. notice the yeah the good and the bad, right? Sure. You know, you yeah, notice. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can I can I can I can feel what you're feeling because I'd be scared yeah. knowing knowing what you know, seeing like man, this this tree can go down any storm and we're just (laughs) here there's nothing i can do really yeah seriously i mean there's some things that i could do to like try to mitigate it but it's you know there's only so much you can do at at, like an apartment place yeah yeah it's not your property i'm gonna climb this tree and add 200 dollars worth of hardware up in the top to cable (laughs) it and trim it and you know it's just like 
what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's not your it's not your property. Like, what are you gonna yeah. do? Have Have you talked to your like landlord about it or no? Yeah, no, they're honestly like super super nice about, it. and they actually just spent um quite a bit of money on tree work, like on the property. So it is actually cabled. Um, so you can cable a tree that's codominant. That's that's like a big that's like a big thing to to mitigate the danger of it breaking out because the okay. biggest danger is it just like separating mm-hmm. and falling. Yeah, and just falling away. Um, so you can cable it, which is like you go seventy five percent of the of the way Height. up in the tree, and you literally drill holes in the two leads and like cable it together so that it kind of acts as more of like a stabilizer. Like yeah, mm-hmm. basically, like the weight of this one carries the weight of the other one. Sort of. Oh, that doesn't hurt it at all. Drilling holes into it? No, because. Well, the only the only thing that's actually alive on a tree is like the it's called the cambium layer, which is right behind the bark. So the wood itself, like you can do whatever you want to it. That's why like a tree will decay, so like the inside will be completely gone, mm-hmm. but it'll still be it'll still look completely alive. Like unless there's like you can physically see it, there's a decay spot. Like there's yeah. some trees you open up, like you drop, and it's completely like Dead. gone on the inside. Because of just decay, like ants being in there or like water getting inside and just like just decaying the wood. Wow. But the tree will be, will look completely fine because the only thing that's alive is on the outside that, that, uh, that cameo layer. So hmm. yeah, just drilling, just drilling through it. Like it's just a tiny little hole through the cameo layer on both sides and it just doesn't, it doesn't really care. Wow. Is that like a common biscuit? I, I'm like, I didn't know because that. I, I always <laughs> hear people like stop carving your initials in the trees because it hurts the trees. Like, is that true? Does yeah, it- I mean that's so. A lot of times, they don't go deep enough. Like, so a a big tree for doing like name carvings and stuff is a beech because okay. it's like gray and it's like the the bark is really flat. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I think. Yeah, so trees like that, it's kind of bad because the the bark is so thin. Mm. Um, um, but a lot of times, like oak and stuff like that the bark is super thick so it's it's kind of a you know yeah how much are you really gonna do by putting your if it was like right, completely right. like if we're like shaving it name, and then, yeah if there's okay. like a thousand names in it then yeah maybe it, would, it wouldn't like that but <laughs> <laughs> good to know is yeah. that like a common misconception like the like yeah how trees you know cutting trees down that look alive but actually are dead like is that really common yeah that's that's super huge because i mean a big a big thing that um that we offer is just assessments so like you can you can look at a tree like from the ground but like we we do assessments from like in the canopy as well Mm. just to check like what everything looks like because as soon as you go as soon as you go up you see like different decay spots like a lot of times there'll be like openings like you, you'll actually see like areas where it's starting to decay where the wood is starting to decay mm-hmm. where like if you looked at it from the ground you were just looking up it's like you wouldn't be able to see that right so yeah that's a big that's a big aspect wow what, we do. What, are, what are some uh challenges that you faced that you had to overcome in this uh passion of yours of learning more doing more jobs going to your own business with tree work can you speak about a couple of challenges and how you overcame them? Yeah, well, I mean, um, honestly, like a fear aspect is a big part of it. Because, I mean, there's a lot of danger that comes to tree work, you know. So, um, yeah, there's been a there's been quite a few jobs where, you know, you're in the middle of it. You're like literally in a cut and you're just like, I think I'm about to drop this tree on a house. Oh, gosh. Like it's just oh, those no. scenarios where it's like I didn't I didn't plan this well enough or like I didn't. I didn't think this through well enough. Yeah. And then it's like a mad dash of just like, all right, let's figure it out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I think, I think those, because there's been a lot of moments like that. And I think, I don't think you can ever get rid of moments like that. Um, yeah, at least 100% you can. You can yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a part of the job. So I think just doing it more so, I've been able to kind of get rid of that. Because like what Waylon was talking about, like the difference between logging and like ar- arborist work. Is like our main goal is to go in and like know exactly what's going to happen. Whereas logging, it's like you can go in with whatever plan you want, but it, like the force is going to tell you something different most of the time. You know, oh, it just yeah, yeah. it just changes so quick for loggers. That it's, yeah, that's why it's so dangerous. But arborist work, it's like if you get yourself into a messed up situation, like it's it's your fault. You know, it's like because hey, because yeah. in your in your case, it's. Not about like in a logger in a logger's situation, 
their goals to cut as many trees as needed to fill up, you know, their trailer. Yeah. But in your case, it's to to like trim a tree or cut yeah. one tree down. So yeah. like your focus is like precision yeah. work. So yeah. I can see how it, now it takes more. Like if something goes wrong, you could potentially have avoided it potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's always, there's always aspects that you don't know. You like can't You control. could cut to a tree and like it's completely hollow. You know, there's, there's scenarios like that. Um, but for the most part, like you'll see the tree like quite a few times. So it's like, you know, you go for the estimate. Sometimes you go for a second look at it just to make sure you got everything right. And then you go to do the job. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot different than, um, than logging. Cause it's, you know, you should have a plan and suck in like set for it because I mean, you're setting a <laughs> price to it too. So yeah. you, you got to have a plan for it. So yeah. it's one of those things. It's like, if you show up and you're just like, Oh, we can't do it this way. Then it's like, well, you didn't, didn't look at it hard enough the first oh. time you went. And so. can I can I ask because we've talked about a little bit like you know off air about it, yeah. you know, because we've worked together in some days. And um, I've asked like, you've mentioned to me in the past that you, as an arborist or or someone who takes care of trees or takes trees down, um, it's not completely necessary to climb them. Is that? Like, why is that the case and why do you decide to climb trees? Yeah, so I think the the biggest aspect with that is, like, we climb trees to mitigate danger. Am I using the right word there? Mitigate? Like, Mi- get rid of? Lynette, I don't she's know. English. I'm not, uh, alleviate. alleviate. There you go. Maybe alleviate Maybe danger. We, yeah, have, yeah. we have Google on hand. You want to Google that? Mitigate? <laughs> Look that up, Jamie. <laughs> Look that up, Jamie. Uh, yeah, to to kind of get rid of danger right so a lot of times what is definition mitigates to make less severe serious or painful so yeah yeah let's go mitigate mitigate yeah we're we're in the right ballpark um so yeah it's climbing is used to just mitigate danger that might come from a from the tree falling basically Mm because you can drop a tree like a lot of the a big aspect of the work that we do is just going and dropping trees but if you don't have the room for it or if you need to not damage things that are below or you just you just got to climb it. You just got to take it smaller. So same thing with like moving furniture. If if you can't fit something into a room, you got to take it apart. So yeah, yeah. same sort of thing. So yeah, I mean, we come and when we drop trees, it's not like we're just going and like putting a cut in and like letting it fly. Like a lot of times it's putting a rope in it like pulling it with either a truck or like a come along or something like that. And so like that is a big aspect of what we do is just rigging for that, those types of scenarios. But climbing is climbing is like a big aspect of it. Cause a lot of times you just have to take it smaller. Yeah. yeah. Is there a danger aspect to climbing? Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's a, that's a part of the like fear factor that you have to get over when, when you're first climbing, um, or when you're first like getting into it because there's so many dangers to it because it's it's always changing like it's always changing a variable of how you can die basically oh because there's like, just to give you just to give you like an example like you can do like the stupidest stuff to die to <laughs> like so um we put our rope up in the top of the tree for the most part okay. and then and then we're able to like swing around on on the rope so it's a, like a lot of trust in a rope and right. a tree. What if it just and yeah. and a tree? Yeah, you got to know like where you put the the rope. Like if the limb is strong enough, all mm-hmm. that. Wow. Um, but a lot of times too, it's just like you're undoing your like your rope and like setting it somewhere else. Or a big aspect of it too is just like flip lining up. Like so, you put on spurs and you just spike into the tree, uh-huh. and then you just like. You just like I've flip a rope up and, yeah. and just like get to the top of the tree that way. Wow. Um, and you know, if you gaff out, which is like if your spike like falls out, um, like the only thing that stops you from falling is like your face against the tree. Oh my goodness. Because it's just the friction of yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. flip line like staying there and holding you against the tree basically. So has it, that hurt, it hurts so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's yeah. happened to. Yeah, it, and it like takes a it's like hard to get out of that scenario and it yeah, it's just the worst. But um yeah, even when you have your rope up in the top of the tree, like we've had a couple of times where we start to put a a cut into the tree from like higher up 
and like we're almost like about to drop the tree. We're like, oh, our rope's still up in the top. Oh my god! So it's just like you know, it's it's just constant stuff that you just got to think about. Like but checks like, and yeah. balances. Yeah. yeah, but the more you do it, the more it's just like. It's not like a, oh, I'm going to forget this. It's like, no, my life is on it. So I'm yeah. not going to forget that. Um, you can always cut your rope too. It's a big aspect of it. Because, you know, you're using a chainsaw up in the tree. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. But that, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> adds a whole other beast to it. But, and, yeah. And what uh, what about tree work do you love? Do you love like analyzing the tree? Do you love climbing the tree? Do you love just dropping them? Like, what about specifically do you love? Yeah, like with tree work, I, I think it's like, it's the beauty of the tree and like the aspect of being out in nature okay. like, for work. But on top of it's the adrenaline rush. It's the uh it's you know, it's a good day of work, like we yeah, talked about already. Yeah, like, that's true. like climbing is just uh I don't know, it's it's problem solving all day long yeah. too, which which is really, really your enjoyable. mind's active, but your body's active as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. Which I mean can tire you out like throughout a day, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's just yeah. Like cause We'll we'll get to uh, like a big big removal or something like that, and I'll be like super tired from like waking up. <laughs> it's like seven something in the morning, and and like I'll look at the tree and I'll like get amped up. Like oh, it gives it's like an immediate wake up, yeah. immediate wake up, and I'm just like, all right, sounds good. Let's <laughs> do this thing because I'll just I'll just be driving to work, and because I, I I drive a lot for work, like to you different do, jobs you drive and so stuff. much, man, and um. I'll be driving. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to climb today. <laughs> like, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah. But then I'll get to the job site. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> it's really, it's That's like awesome. a really funny, like, just switch. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even need coffee. Just look at a tree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I need coffee for is that drive. And then yeah. as soon as I'm there, I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> get amped. That's up. great. Yeah. So that's that. I really, really enjoy that because it's, mm. and I think, I think too, like you get an insane, I don't want to sound like an adrenaline junkie, but you get an insane, like just hit of adrenaline when you <laughs> drop a tree. Cause it's just like, yeah, I don't know. There's yeah. Cause who does like that? It. Like, it's not like everybody does that on their everyday basis. Yeah. The, yeah. You know? and, and, and you're doing it for work. Cause you know, people can get adrenaline other ways, right? People skydive yeah. or motorcycle or yeah. right. there's other ways to get adrenaline. Right. But yeah majority of people don't work in a line that produces that amount of adrenaline, mm-hmm. right? Like I can imagine a surgeon, like your decisions have high, you know, effect on somebody that can produce a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. And of course there's other high intense jobs that no doubt yeah. have it, but the common people, normal day to day nine to five jobs, yeah. they don't experience that type of adrenaline. So I can see compared to that, this is just the dosage is yeah. a lot. And saying it out loud like that, um, it definitely makes me sound like I'm addicted to adrenaline. But <laughs> <laughs> I think, so, a, a kind of a funny, but also sort of like a, you got to think about it sort of thing is like a lot of the tree workers, um, like with like big companies and stuff like that, they're just wild. <laughs> like they have a screw loose for sure. Like, like, cause there's a certain aspect to like, if you're not going to get the job done safely, you can't be afraid of death. Mm. So like, if you're working for such a big company that it's like every day you're almost dying, like you have to have a screw loose, you know? Yeah. And Do you it, feel it, like you fall into that category? No, no, because <laughs> there's a, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe eventually, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely like a, like, there's a side of tree work that is that. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked for a couple of companies to where it's like every single day somebody almost dies and you're just like, oh how are you still operating? Like how yeah. is this even a thing? And do you think that's lack of management? Do you think it's the company just pressuring like just get the job done fast? Like why do they get to that point? Because if we, you know, command Z the conversation a little bit, yeah. you, you mentioned that you know, compared to logging, you know, this is more precise work. There's yeah. a lot more thinking involved to, to do it right. Yeah. So what you're describing sounds like there's something's missing here. Someone's skipping a step or they're being told to skip steps to just yeah. get it done. So like, what do you think is the issue here? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a big combination of things because I, I don't think management gets into like management for a tree company gets into a job and it's just like, I'm going to threaten people's lives today. But it's like, you know, like tree work is dangerous, mm-hmm. like no matter how you put it. Yeah. And yeah. so if you have 
an agenda, especially with a big company. Like if you have a like a time timeline. period, mm. a timeline, you have to you have to push people. And so like if you have people that are in the in the tree work business because it's good money and they don't really have to think about if they're going to die the next day, like, cause they don't really care. Mm -hmm. Then like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of like kind of wild people doing some wild stuff. Wow. And so I think it's like a big aspect of like the workforce that you're able to get as well as like you're set to a timeline. So I, that, that's like a big thing for, um, for like me and my company. It's like, you know, you can only you can only push so much. Yeah. Cause like once you get to a certain point, it's just it everything gets dangerous. Like it you you get to a certain tired point and you're just like, I need to come out of the tree because I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah. yeah. And like there's certain people that just won't do that. So oh. they'll just push themselves till it's done. Yeah. And especially if you if you're just like, I don't care. <laughs> they're they're definitely gonna do yeah. that, you know? So yeah. yeah. Is that one of the reasons you started your own company? Was because you felt like you were being put in these circumstances that pushed you to the edge or no no No, i started my own company because i really really wanted to drop trees more and like (laughs) climb more and the company i was working for was like yeah we'll give you some some work (laughs) like that and i was like i want to do it all (laughs) i want all of it and i was like i don't think it'll be that hard so i just started my own company okay yeah can you speak about real, real quick we'll do a little uh little side note yeah yeah, yeah. why did you name it alp tree care like what's the story behind this <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like well, a good story know, like immediately starts laughing <laughs> well it's really funny because it's my initials it's pretty simple it's oh no way austin oh my gosh. lee powell it's alps no way love the alps also but i started laughing because i a girl that i liked came up with that name for me Really? Not my uh, wife. Oh no. <laughs> Cayenne, you ended that person probably. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, my initials. So pretty simple. But, yeah. But that's I also cool. love the Alps. I don't know. So my logo is like the like uh Yeti slash Bigfoot. The the technic the actual logo is like the Bigfoot picture. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I just love like the the whole idea of like and like the folklore behind like the Yeti and like the Himalayan Alps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's Alps other places, but like the Himalayan yeah. and like like Bhutan, like that area is like ugh, it's so it's just so cool, like that area. So you have a lot That's of trees cool. up there. Yeah. So <laughs> your initials are very fitting for what you do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm that. Some people just have those names because, like, that wouldn't work for me to make. Yeah, it same. I wanted to be J A V Hav. That'd be Jav. Jav. Yeah, that wouldn't work. You that could create work. a javelin company. There you go. A sweet a javelin company. <laughs> Olympic javelin. No, stop. Stop. Jav. I was listening to you like describe the Alps. Is that something when you just decide somewhere to travel? How does uh, your love and your passion for tree work, does that influence those decisions? Or is that, does it go that far, your passion, where it influences oh, even traveling. more? Um, yeah, I mean, the the Redwoods was kind of an aspect of it. I think it's so like just fully encompassing. So I, I think it makes it so that wherever you go, you're just like, oh, this is really cool. Because mm. I, I think it's it's like insane to me how in America you can sort of know, like to a certain degree, like a lot of the, of the different types of trees. Mm-hmm. But then you'll go to Europe and like in the Czech Republic, you're just like, I have, I have never seen any tree look like this ever before. Oh. And so it's like every region, it's just like, like awe. this is like, insane so anywhere you go is basically just like oh good example of it um me and my wife went to spain and the the olive trees there did not realize how insane they look they're like 500 years old but they but they keep cutting them so they're almost like a like a bonsai type tree oh because like with fruit with like fruiting trees you have to trim them like quite a bit in order to like for them to keep producing um Mm -hmm. trees or fruit. uh, fruit Mm-hmm. And so, like Europe, you know, they've been going for like a long time, and so all the olives, all the olive trees, and like even the apple trees too, they're like they're like so old. But you'd like, it's just yeah, it's one of, that that's really really cool to me. 
If you look up like the olive trees in in Spain and like even Greece too, they look like they're dead. They're like huge bonsai trees because they basically are like they've been going for like 500 years or or more and they're still going like they're still trucking along but i love that i love hearing you because like again the average person travels doesn't i feel like you're you're gaining experience because of your love and your passion for tree work your knowledge of trees and again your continuous knowledge of trees because you know you're um you're relatively, you know, keep you know, keep growing. Yeah. But like again, the average person who travels doesn't get to appreciate these uh, minute details of trees because they yeah. they don't know it, you know. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I love about this project, that, you know, this podcast that hopefully like people are learning a little bit more to like maybe have more keen eyes when traveling, when observing the world to that. Mm-hmm. Might them might appreciate a little bit more and 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 just love life a little bit more because yeah. they know. How complicated, how beautiful these, you know, living creatures essentially are. Yeah. And I, I hear that in your voice, and that's awesome because I'm like, man, I wanna, I wanna learn more because I have, I have. Li- so I grew up in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Literally, the only tree I remember, like knowing the name of, is the mesquite tree. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only reason I remember this is because I would complain about the mesquite tree <laughs> because it, it. I don't know what you know. Again, I don't know a lot of knowledge, but I know at some season. And probably fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it would lose a lot of. They have like very thin leaves, like very thin oh. leaves, and it creates like almost like a web of leaves. Oh, that's. And interesting. when like it rains, it, like it'll, it'll clog like water <laughs> gutters just because they're so thin and yeah. like they just layer and layer. Yeah. Anyway, that's the only thing I know about trees. Because yeah. other than that, like I think that's all the trees that were there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have no idea. Well, do you, did you have like Joshua trees out there? That's no, no. That's, that's like, I think that's only Joshua tree in California. Is as it far really as I know, only Cal? Is it I really think only that area? That's we don't cool. have it in Arizona. <laughs> this is such yeah. ugly. Trees. Let's Google it. Google it. Let's Google it. Is Joshua? They're ugly. They're <laughs> they so are weird ugly. looking. They're yeah. spiky. And... Yeah, but I think they're cool. Like especially if they're only in that area. That's so cool. You had cool cactuses though. Oh yeah, that's of course, true. and they're beautiful. Like we like, had in Tucson is the Saguaro National Park. Yeah, beautiful. And again, like I think if people. Again, a majority of people go day by day without noticing stuff mm-hmm. because they, they see it over and over and they're like, yeah, it's a swirl. Yeah. But when you really like just zoom out a little bit, sure. you're like, wow, like this is yeah. impressive. I think I learned a fact about swirls recently because I was meditating on it. I think I knew a little bit about it, but I wasn't sure exactly the number. But yeah. it was like a saguaro will store up to 500 gallons of water in its system i don't know what yeah. the proper terminology is and that's enough water to you know after it stores the water it doesn't need water for the whole year like that's just wow. so that, that's why the monsoon wow, seasons cool. come yeah. and it rains for three months and that's why they're just storing yeah. water anyway just like those numbers like wow like those big yeah. old things just have that much water just chilling in them yeah that's yeah. that's so cool but majority of people don't know yeah so did you, was, yeah did we find that out yeah i was actually proved wrong it says joshua trees native to the southwestern united states which includes arizona california nevada and utah oh so oh yeah. wow interesting I don't know. it's okay i it's, didn't it's, know that it's I, the california tendency I know. it's like <laughs> california <laughs> only has everything california. only california we only have iced coffee and yeah, avocado toast like, only in california do you actually think that? <laughs> <laughs> for real though <laughs> No, but can we back up? <laughs> Is that an actual thought? Oh. Um, yeah, no, but I think like even that experience with like the mesquite tree, uh-huh. like I, I, I don't know. I think like there's something cool about about trees to where it's almost like you know that's almost like an experience with like a friend. You know, it's like a memory for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like a very specific aspect of like what your life was like. You know, and it's like. In my mind, I have like a general knowledge of tree work because I'm in the industry. Yeah. But yeah. like, I'm going to shout out my friend, Jaden Rodriguez, who's shout close out. by. Literally, when I was working with him, who was, he was with my, um, he was with the first tree service company I ever worked with. Okay. And he started learning the Latin names for trees. Just because? Kind of just because, but also because, um, the Latin names describe the tree. Oh. And so it was like so much easier for him to remember like what the tree was and like what it looked like oh, based off smart. of learning the Latin names. And so now he does it with like plants and stuff too. The man is like, the man is like just so full of knowledge with that stuff. Like he'll, he was at a job site one time 
And we were just like walking through kind of a wooded area. And he was like, oh, hold up. And he like points down. There's like this huge leaf on the ground. And I'm going to, I completely forget the name of the plant that he was talking about now. He literally takes the plant, the leaf, picks it up. And underneath is a flower. Wow. And he was like, I don't see these often. And I'm just like, <laughs> how did you know that was down there, dude? And it was like, a, it's something apple. It's not a Mayflower. But that's the first thing that came to my mind. Wow. Anyway, it was, it was something where it grows a flower underneath it. And he was like, isn't that so cool? And I was like, yeah, that's sick. What the heck? And it was just <laughs> growing in like a random wooded area, you know? And so like, I think for those people that think that like, like imagining forever is like kind of boring. It's like, nah, dude, like there's, there's so, so much. much stuff to learn. Like I'm like in the industry and like, I'm only, I'm only able to like skim the top. Yeah. But like from what I've learned, it's just like, I just, yeah, there's so much more to learn. That's amazing. That that is so cool because again, we would have walked. You would have walked through it, and not noticed it. Yeah, I would have probably crushed it. <laughs> Just stepped. And then on he it. dug it out and like took it home and planted it. And I was like, oh. and so it's like that whole other level of just like not only appreciation but also like putting into action. Yeah, he's just such a good guy. I love him. Um, super super knowledgeable. He's an arborist. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Oh. There you go. We can have so him on the show. A- yeah, dude. <laughs> What's uh? Dude, what was what was his Arborist name? V two. Yeah, uh, Jaden Rodriguez. Jaden Rodriguez. Shout out to Jaden. Shout out, Jaden. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm it. gonna send him this podcast. Be like, I shouted you out. Hey man, shout out to you, man. Yeah. We we appreciate your moment that you impacted Austin and you got to share it with us. Yeah. No, seriously. That that was. A he big, gives like main character thing. vibes, like in a in a movie. He'd yeah. Be, he'd be the guy with the cool hoodie. Big, big main character vibes. Yeah, good dude. Good oh, man. Yeah, Austin. When when you uh, you know your your, your passion just keeps growing and 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 this work keeps evolving, right? Mm. How how do you keep up with like technology? Like it's an expensive it's an expensive trade yeah. as well. So like, do you try to grow and and purchase the latest tools to make things easier, or do you think there's like a beauty in the raw of staying kind of like what you're doing now yeah i mean there's definitely a um a big there's definitely like tree work is at the pinnacle of just like increasing in efficiency i think because not only like 10 years ago there's been so many things that came out that like just help with tree work um i'm big on like trying to make climbing more efficient Mm -hmm. so like all the mechanical devices which are just like you know like steel parts that are made to like climb on on the rope to like either ascend or descend on the rope Mm -hmm. i have like all of them basically because like it's just cool trying them out and like just testing them see what yeah and just seeing like what works and and what's what's useful you know so i think um honestly instagram is like a really big place for for like finding new things or new tools or stuff like that like i follow a bunch of um like either tree people that like you know they're just always trying new things or um the companies that are actually coming out with new things like product wise and stuff like that Um, like a big honestly a big change that just came about like probably i would say like probably like 2005 was like a huge huge um difference in tree work because I don't know why I pulled 2005 out, but I think it was like around. <laughs> there, yeah. It was when um, people used to primarily climb um, called DRT, DRT, which okay. is where the rope goes over a an ob- like an anchor, something okay. like that, and um, it goes back to you. And so, like, you have something to where it's holding one side of the rope, and then it goes over an anchor point and then comes back to you. So, mm-hmm. with okay. that. Um, it's called moving rope technique because the the rope is always moving like over that canopy or yep. okay. over that anchor. Um, so with that, it comes with like a lot of issues because like you have to you have to single out where you set your rope because uh, it always has to you know both of those ropes have to come back to you and that's like kind of hard to do a lot of times and it takes and, a lot of time. You think to do all that? Yeah, yeah. it's just it it's a very like old school way of mm-hmm. doing it because. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, every new tree climber is taught the Blake's hitch, it's called, 
which is like you can use one rope to climb an entire tree, like just the rope, basically. That's, that's like, it. Yeah, that's it. Like you throw the rope over top, you come back to yourself, you hitch it onto yourself, and then you can make a prusik with the same rope. So and what's a prusik? Sorry for just holding no, you back yeah, a little bit. No, you're good. You're a prusik is a. Uh, it's basically just a rope grab. Like it just grabs like the a rope. special okay. knot or yeah, it's like a. It's usually like a like something that goes around oh, the rope okay. a couple oh, yeah, times yeah, like yeah. that. Um, I don't know why I said like that. <laughs> it's an audible thing. But, <laughs> it's okay. Um, it goes around the rope in order to hold on to it. Mm. So a prusik is just a, a rope grab. Okay. Um, and someone and, just invented this or like how did yeah, they, they do? just kind of came out with, they just kind of figured out that you can do that, I guess, <laughs> and, and just started climbing like that. And that's like the prime the primary way of climbing that like pretty much every single old school person climbs. Like that's how they climb. Like it's just, it is what it is. Mm. Um, but with that, there's a lot of limitations. Like, so it's, it's moving rope techniques, DRT. So, you know, you have to isolate both of those ropes. I'm getting way too technical right now. No, so no, sorry. no, I like no, it. Why? Yeah. Um, like yeah. you have to isolate <laughs> those ropes, which is, which is like I really difficult. It. And then, um, like, if you don't isolate those two ropes and you come up to a limb that you have to pass by, okay. you have to undo that knot. Like, oh. everything that you just did, oh. you have to undo and then, like, every retie every single time. And so, like, you can climb a tree like that. And there are some really good climbers that climb like that. But it's just, like, for efficiency-wise, it it it's not super efficient. Mm -hmm. And so they came out with um, single rope technique kind of recently like around 2005 where you just climb on one side and then you either throw the rope over an anchor and then anchor it to the to the bottom of the tree or you kind of make like a canopy anchor and just like cinch it up to the top but you're at that point you're only climbing on one rope is that and, how, and that's what you do now a single yeah rope that's technique? that's primarily what i what i climb with because it's with the with the drt you're always pulling double which makes it kind of easier because um, you're pulling less weight when you do it that way because you're kind of making like a pulley system for yourself. Yeah, yep. So like to pull yourself up, you're you're making like a like a pulley setup. But with SR, SRT, it's it's um you know it's like a little bit. You can't just like pull yourself up the rope. So you have to have like s like systems um, put into place in order to rope walk. It's called so like different like a foot ascender, a knee ascender, and then you can just like walk up the rope. And then you're using your legs, which are a much bigger muscle than your arms, to pull mm -hmm. yourself up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just that that way, like you can get to the top of like a hundred foot tree in like you know a minute. Whereas wow. like whereas That's like huh? whereas like beforehand, it was like you a know lot it more takes labor. so long. You have to undo your knot and get to the top, and then. And then, like, by the time you're up there, like, your shoulders are killing you. Yeah, because you're just imagine. carrying yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's why I can't do tree work. I'm too chubby. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, <laughs> no. uh, wow. Yeah. Is Do you see a distinction between the old school or, or people who've been doing this line of work for a long time compared to this, I, I guess, new school or the newer generation of people who are getting into the line of tree work? Do you see like a mindset mindset shift in regards to the work and how they how they do it, or is um, it fairly consistent? No, well, yeah, like the old school way, like they've been doing it for such a long time that they've simplified it down to a science, and mm -hmm. so it's like they only go up since it's so hard to pull yourself up. They only go up with their saddle, like that's it. They like they have their saw on the side, and like that's it. Like that's all they bring up in the tree, and so I think something that kind of annoys me with like the with like the new school way of climbing is like they overcomplicate the like mm. absolute just they overcomplicate unnecessarily everything yeah and so like you'll watch like youtube videos of like this is what i carry on my harness my <laughs> man's got everything except for the kitchen sink on that thing you know it's like he's like pulling out like i got this for when this situation happens like dog when does that happen <laughs> like that it's never just like a happened. show off thing yeah, well, it's like a show off. Honestly, I shouldn't I shouldn't really hate on it because I think it's just people trying to like like come up with new stuff. Yeah, content. You know, yeah. Well, not even content. Like oh. they're just trying to like figure out the next 
way to like make something faster. Mm. But in trying to do that, you almost make it slower, you know, Mm because it's like like the the learning curve that they're trying to push this to be more efficient. There, there's like this like point where they're just holding themselves back at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like a time and efficiency graph that they're not understanding. Mm. You know, it's just like a it's like a vertical line and they're just like off the leaderboards <laughs> with it, you know? And it's like, it's kind of cool, this stuff that they come up with, but it's like, my guy, you took like eight hours to set that thing up. Like, <laughs> what the hell? I just did three jobs and you're only yeah, ready for real. It's So I think like to a big, to a big point of it, um, and it's kind of sad because if more tree climbers like recreationally climbed, I think there would be a lot of cool new techniques and and ways of doing tree work that would be like super super efficient but it's like it's a job you know you gotta you gotta get in and you gotta get out thanks for tuning in to this episode of the interview podcast we've only scratched the surface of our fascinating conversation today join us again in just two weeks to uncover the rest of our guests incredible journey and insights into pursuing their passion don't miss it the interview podcast where passion meets purpose